Chapter 4 Something Different from the New Birth Being filled with the Spirit is a definite blessing, which is quite distinct from being born of the Spirit. Some people object that every Christian has the Spirit. Quite true, for you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Romans 8 9. Also, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 3. But to have the Spirit and to be filled with the Spirit are two different things. Egypt always has the Nile, as someone has said, but Egypt waits every year for its overflow. Having the Nile is one thing, but having the Nile overflowing is quite another. Now it is the Nile's overflow that is Egypt's salvation, and to overflow it must first be filled. In the same way, it is through the Christian's overflow that the gospel is shared with the lost, and in order to overflow there must first be the filling. As far as God is concerned, there is no reason why this filling should not take place at the hour of conversion of the new birth. See the case of Cornelius and his friends in Acts 10.44-48. They believed, were saved, received the Holy Spirit, and were baptized with water the same day. But it would be a fatal blunder to assert that all people received the Holy Spirit in a similar manner at the moment of believing, or that they were thus filled with the Spirit. Most certainly in Bible times it was not so. The Apostles Consider the case of the Apostles themselves. In Acts 2, 4 we read, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit was giving them utterance. All in the upper room, men and women, including the twelve apostles. Now, these men had the Spirit before. When Christ called them to follow Him, when they were converted, they received the Spirit. After His resurrection, but before His ascension, Christ breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. John 20, 22. And of course, they did receive the Spirit then. But it is never said of them that they were filled with the Holy Spirit until that morning in the upper room for the simple reason that it could not be said of them, for the Spirit was not yet given. John 7, 39. Yet these men were Christians before that morning. The Samaritans. Consider the Samaritans. In Acts 8, 5-13, we find that under the preaching of Philip the Evangelist, there was a work of grace in the city of Samaria, and the people believed and were baptized. These people, then, were Christians, but they were not filled with the Spirit until Peter and John came down and prayed for them, thus perfecting the work Philip had been doing. Acts 8, 15-17. Paul the Apostle Saul was converted when the omnipotent, omnipresent Christ, standing as a picket guard, a guard of horse and foot, always ready in case of alarm, for a little church at Damascus, unhorsed him and took him prisoner on the Damascus road. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Acts 9, 6, Jubilee Bible. That question sounds like conversion, surely. For three days he lay in darkness in Damascus, a surrendered, believing man and therefore a Christian man. But it wasn't until Ananias came to him that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 9, 17. Who was this Ananias, through whom even Saul, destined to prove himself the truest, bravest, grandest servant the Lord Jesus ever had, received the greatest of the New Testament blessings? 
Ananias was an obscure, obedient believer of whom we know nothing other than that he did this service for Saul. Here is the ministry of the saints. So it may be today. Some big Paul may be blessed through the ministry of some little Ananias. The Ephesians. In Acts 19, 1-6, Paul met some Ephesian believers, twelve men who were disciples and had been believers for some time when Paul found them. In other words, they were saved, and they were Christians. But Paul's first question to them was, Have ye received the Holy Spirit since ye believed? Jubilee Bible. This plainly showed that Paul thought it was possible for them to have been believers and to not yet have received the Holy Spirit. Indeed, in this case, what Paul considered a possibility turned out to be a fact. They had not yet received the Spirit. Of course, in a certain sense, they had the Spirit. It was by the Spirit they had believed, and if they did not have the Spirit of Christ, they were not His. But for all that, they had not yet received the Spirit in the Pentecostal sense of the word, in the sense in which Paul meant it. They had not yet come to their Pentecost. In the American Standard Version of the Bible, Paul's question is rendered, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? This proves, first, that it is possible to receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of believing, and second, that it is possible to believe without receiving, as has already been pointed out from the rendering of the Jubilee Bible above. After Paul had instructed them more fully in the word and way of the Lord, we read that the Holy Spirit came on them. Acts 19.6. From this we conclude that these men of Ephesus obtained a blessing subsequent to their conversion, spoken of here as receiving the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit coming on them. This is in strict accord with what Paul himself says of this event when writing to the Ephesians. Having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 1.13. First they believed, and then, at some time after believing, they were sealed. They received, and they were filled. From these four cases, the Apostles, the Samaritans, Saul, and the Ephesians, we conclude that in New Testament times people actually lived as Christians, were saved, converted people, and yet knew nothing of the filling with the Spirit. This knowledge, this blessing, came to them some time after they were born again. Yet this is the very thing some people deny today. Who are we to believe? These objectors or the sacred record? The divine word declares it, and there is then no room or need for argument. So we affirm that it is equally possible for believers, for saved converted people, to live in our own time as well as in Bible times without the fullness. Even more, it is possible for them to live for years, then die and go home to heaven to be there forever with the Lord, and to have known nothing on earth of what it was to be filled with the Spirit. But what a loss they have suffered! Eternal, irreparable loss! So we conclude, it is abundantly plain from Scripture that for the regenerate soul there is in Christ another blessing, over and above the being born of the Spirit, which is spoken of as the fullness of the Spirit. I am amazed at a man like you going to these conventions. A man once said to his minister, What new thing can these convention speakers tell you? It's all in the New Testament. Yes, he replied, that's the trouble and we've left these things in the New Testament, whereas we want to get them out of the New Testament and into our hearts and lives. In Jesus Christ, God's treasury, our share of Pentecost's blessing, 
has been deposited for each of us by our Father God. Have we claimed and received our share? Not likely if we are not aware that there is such a blessing for us. But once we recognize it is there, we surely will not rest until we have made it our own. The Scottish bankers have published the fact that they have a sum of forty million pounds, approximately fifty million dollars, in unclaimed deposits lying in their vaults. Footnote With inflation equaling about one thousand five hundred and twenty two million eight hundred and twenty three thousand and twenty eight dollars today. Some of those who owned a share of this money may have died in the workhouse. Some of them may be living to this moment in direst need, and they might have their money for the claiming, but they don't know that it's theirs. What vast unclaimed deposits are lying in God's treasury, Christ? Some of His people have died spiritually poor, some are living today in spiritual poverty, a hand-to-mouth existence, with such unfathomable riches of Christ, Ephesians 3, 8, lying at call, at deposit in their name. What have we done with our deposit? We are responsible for its use and disuse. Remember, the reckoning day is coming. Matthew 25, 19